Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the Kettle Cast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, we're talking about the Hawks' 111-122 loss to the Washington Wizards. After getting a win down in New Orleans, the Hawks are unable to stretch that into a two-win streak as they fall to the Wizards in Washington, D.C. The Wizards get a huge performance from their starting lineup, and the Hawks are unable to take a lead at any point in the fourth quarter. Without further ado, let's get into it. What a strange game from the Hawks. Really, they had no business being as close to the Wizards in the fourth quarter as they were. The Hawks would ultimately get this game within five points in the fourth quarter before the Wizards pushed the lead back up to double digits and would ultimately win by 11. But this is a weird game where the Washington Wizards, at least officially on the scorecard, had zero fast break points, uh, where the Hawks shot over 50% from the field. The Hawks uh, turned the ball over 13 times but um, still amassed 26 assists. Uh, They were out-rebounded by eight on both the glass in total, 51-43 to overall, and on the offensive side of the board, where the Wizards had 14 offensive boards to six from the Hawks. Um, The Hawks bench outscored the Wizards bench 33-21. to The Hawks outscored the Washington Wizards in the paint 68-60. to but the Wizards shot better from three-point line, where they were um, 13 of 34 for 38%, compared to the Hawks just 6 of 21. And then in a big area of the game, the Wizards were able to get to the free-throw line 21 times and make 17 free-throws, compared to just 9 makes on 14 attempts from the Hawks. Uh, This is a game where we started to really see the frustration of the Hawks and the officiating kind of boil over a little bit. There were a couple of technicals in this game there are more than a couple technicals actually as both john collins and uh trey young got technicals and it was a frustrating game just a really weird weird flow to this game but the wizards came out and i thought both teams had a pretty solid first quarter and that's something that uh we have not seen from the hawks so far this season And so it was nice to see the Hawks really have it going offensively, at least in the first quarter, but they'd still find themselves down 32 to 31 to 33 uh, as the Wizards took a one point lead into the second quarter. In the second quarter, the Wizards would sort of stretch that lead and outscore the Hawks 20, 31 to 23, building a nine point lead at halftime. Um, And then they would even march on and get even a bigger lead in the third quarter as they outscored the Hawks 36 to 31 in the third quarter. And it was just not a very strong defensive effort from this Hawks team. Clint Capella didn't play a lot of minutes at all. He just played 23 minutes, wasn't very effective when he was in the game, just five of seven from the field for 11 points. He only had four rebounds. This is a guy who led the league in the rebounding last season. He just had four rebounds. And I give a lot of credit to, all of the Wizards, as I said, they out-rebounded the Hawks in, in total, but also Montrez Harrell in particular had 13 rebounds, six of those offensive. He's a guy that's going to give a ton of energy no matter when he's playing. And uh, the Wizards were missing Daniel Gafford, Thomas Bryant, and Rui Hachimura, and those are a lot of their bigs. And so it really fell on Montrez Harrell to fill in, and he did. To go along with those 13 rebounds, he had um, 25 points and was a game high plus 20 plus 16 in the plus minus. Um, he just really brought a lot of energy to both sides of the ball. Uh, I think 
the officiating style really benefited Montrezl Harrell and good for him for taking advantage of that. He really wants to play a physical style and he was able to make a lot of baskets go down, especially against Clint Capella. And then he was able to get boards on the other end as well as getting them on the offensive side of the ball. A Hawks player who had a really good game was John Collins. It was good to see him be effective as effective as he was. JC played 38 minutes. He was 14 of 16 from the field. He had zero free free throw attempts. And against a team that runs uh, Davis Bertans and Montres Harrell as guys who might be guarding John Collins, it's kind of mind-blowing that he would get zero free throw attempts, but JC would end it with 28 points on that 14 of 16 shooting. He had 12 rebounds, three of those offensive, uh, four fouls, and two turnovers. Just a monster game from John Collins, and he was really one of the few bright spots for the Hawks and a reason they had a chance to be in this game. Now, Trey Young was able to get his assists going early. He almost had 10 assists in the first quarter. Trey would finish with 13 assists to to three turnovers. He also had two steals and a block. He'd finish with just 15 points on six of 17 shooting making just one three-pointer out of five attempts, and he would only get to the free throw line three times. Um, And again, I think this was just a very odd flowing game, one where the Hawks were kind of behind from the onset as well as they played in that first quarter. And then in the fourth quarter, or first in the third quarter, the Hawks were able to get it within seven, and then the Hawks were able to get it within seven again in the fourth quarter, and Davis Bertans came down and hit sort of a transition three-pointer to push the lead back up to double digits to 10 points. Um, And the Hawks fight back. That was under five minutes to go. The Hawks are able to fight back and get the lead within five points with about 3.30 left in this game. And the Wizards immediately are able to kind of stretch the lead back up to double digits. Uh, A Bradley Beal dunk at the end of the game sort of sealed it for the Wizards. But it was one where... I did not think the Hawks were playing their best basketball as evidenced by 13 turnovers. That's just too many turnovers and allows a team to get easy buckets. Again, I don't know how the Wizards had zero fast break points. In particular, I thought about a possession where Bogdan Bogdanovich's shoe came off and the Wizards were able to get into the fast break with a five on four. Um, And Bob uh, Davis Bertans, the Latvian laser is able to hit a three pointer in that kind of scramble. That's not counted as a fast break for whatever reason, but um, the Wizards did a nice job of getting kind of all of their starters going. They were missing, as I said earlier, all those big men, Thomas Bryant, Daniel Gafford, and Rui Hachimura, but they were also missing their big free agent acquisition in Spencer uh, Dinwiddie. And so four of the five starters for the Wizards would end up scoring more than 20 points. Uh, Bradley Beal was 11 of 26 from the field. He finished with 27 points, 8 rebounds, and 8 assists. Montrez Harrell, we talked about, who finished the game with a plus 16, which led the game uh, for both teams. Kyle Kuzma was 8 of 17 from the field for 21 points. He also had 8 rebounds and then 3 steals. And then KCP, who's from Georgia, had was 7 of 10 from the field, 5 of 7 on 3-pointers, and was getting, frankly, some really easy looks in the corner too easy for a player of KCP's quality and um, skill level at shooting three-pointers. He was 5 of 7 on his three-pointers. He'd finished with 21 points, um, 8 rebounds, and 2 assists. And then he was numbered, He was right behind Montres Harrell at plus 10 in the plus-minus. Um, no one 
on the Wizards was a negative and plus minus except for Davis Bertans. And it's really hard for both the uh, bench and starters for all of them to be positive. And that kind of shows you how uh, dominant the Wizards were and frankly how amazing it was that the Hawks were able to get back within five and really make this a game. It looks like one that the Hawks might uh, come back and win sort of like the Pelicans game. Um, but the Hawks were unable to do that. And the the Wizards really fed off the energy of their crowd. And Montres Harrell and Bradley Beal in particular were just doing a lot of the heavy lifting for the Wizards and able to contribute to a win for the D.C. team. On the Hawks side of the ball, we talked about Trey and J.C. Bogdan had a little bit of a bounce back game. He was 6 of 11, 1 of 4 on his three-pointers. He'd finished with 14 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists. He did have 5 fouls on the steal. He's not really drawing a ton of fouls. Um, he did get to the free throw line one time. Clint Capella, we talked about, was not very effective in this game in just 23 minutes. And then DeAndre Hunter was 4 of 9 from the field, 2 of 3 on his three-pointers for 10 points. He had four rebounds, one assist, three fouls, and two turnovers. The turnovers were killer for everyone. Uh, Hunter had two turnovers. JC had two turnovers. Trey had three turnovers. Um, Cam Reddish, who had 20 points off the bench, had four turnovers. They were just everywhere, um, and it just really allowed the the Wizards to get up 11 more shots than the Hawks. The Wizards would shoot 46% from the field, 46.5% on 46 of 99 shooting. The Hawks only got up 88 shot attempts, um, 48 of 88. Again, shooting 54.5% from the field. And so they almost, I mean, they're up eight points in the shooting percentage uh, category and are unable to win the game just because of the amount of opportunities they were able to give the Washington Wizards. The Wizards had six steals contributing to those turnovers. Um, and they also had the was Wizards had four blocks. And so um, it just has not really clicked or has not looked like the, the Hawks have found their offense from a year ago and to see them um, just six of 21 on three point shooting. This is a team that has some really good three point shooters. Uh, Kevin Herter was 0 of three for on his three point attempts. Um, Cam Reddish, one of five on three-point attempts. Bogdan Bogdanovich, just one of four. Trey Young, one of five. It, uh, John Collins gets up zero three-point attempts. He does go 14 of 16 from the field. Can't complain about that. But he's a good three-point shooter, too. So for the Hawks to really not shoot the ball well from the three-point line and turn the ball over as many times as they did and then get out uh, worked on the offensive boards, you, you can start to see how the Wizards put together a game where they were able to win. And the Wizards, every time the Hawks made like a little bit of a run, I thought that their coach, uh, Wes Unseld Jr., who's um, coaching for the first year as a head coach for the Wizards, I thought he did a nice job of kind of breaking up the game and preventing the Hawks on going on any runs. The Wizards had a big run to build that lead in the second quarter. And the Hawks just really, they had a couple of runs in that fourth quarter that helped them get within five points, but never really had that big momentum swing moment. Um, again, I thought after the game, Nate McMillan talked about how the players may be worrying about the officiating a little bit too much and how really all the Hawks can do is control, can control is what they can control. And they can't be really worrying about the officiating and giving the, Washington Wizards 21 free throw attempts is just not 
a winning recipe of basketball, but uh, just kind of a brutal loss. Again, one where you shoot a higher percentage from the field, you score more points in the paint, your bench outscores the other team's bench by 12 points. Again, that most of that is because the Wizards are missing so many of their players. To outscore the other team on fast break points, that Hawks outscored the Wizards 8-0 to zero on fast break points. And to lose the game just speaks to how um, it was really disjointed and the uh, Wizards were really able to take advantage of the opportunities that the Hawks gave them. Um, again, just strong performances up and down the Wizards starting lineup. I thought Bradley Beal and Montrezl Harrell in particular were very good for the Wizards. And they get, they were able to get a win. Um, this moved them to four and one on the season as the Hawks fell to three and two. Um, and the Hawks have to go on the road and go play the Philadelphia 76ers. So it doesn't get any easier. Um, for the Hawks, there is some good news as they will see this Wizards team again at State Farm Arena on Monday, the Monday after Halloween. And so hopefully they'll be motivated to kind of get a little bit of revenge on this Wizards team, but they will not be able to get a win if they play with the same sort of effort they did for most of this game uh, in Washington, D.C. So really brutal loss for the Hawks, one that was not their best effort, and I think sort of also showed that while they won that game down in New Orleans, and that was a really big win, they really weren't playing their best basketball there. So hopefully the Hawks are able to work out some of these early season kinks. I still think they're playing a little bit of playoff basketball, not getting into really good shots, good three-point shots, but rather settling for a lot of mid-range shots. Um, but hopefully they, they can get back to what really got them going once Nate McMillan took over for the Hawks last season and get on a little bit of a run going forward. But tough loss for the Hawks. They fall a 3-2 and two on the season before going to face the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, we will provide a podcast for that game, and we'll talk to you later. Go Hawks! Thank you for catching this episode of the KettleCast. You can reach me at kettlecast at gmail.com. Go Hawks.